Is there anybody thankful for Jesus? Anybody grateful for him? Let's go ahead and jump into the word of God today. John chapter 14. If you got your Bibles, we love to stand in honor of God's word. So if you don't mind doing that, that'd be awesome. John chapter 14, it's in the Newer Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Love this passage of scripture, probably one of my favorite passages in all of the Bible. Because I don't know what you might have walked in here with, but Jesus is speaking to you today as much as he was speaking to us and these guys back then. And through the Holy Spirit, he's speaking to us and through his word. And I just want to encourage you with something. And maybe you walked in here today troubled. Maybe you walked in here today burdened. And I just love the words of Jesus. And he says this in John chapter 14. If you're there and you're ready for the word of God, say, I'm ready. All right. If, you, if you're not there yet, say, hold up. Oh, you good. You good. Huh? You ready. You ready. John chapter 14, verse 1. Monica, you ready, aren't you? Yeah, you are. This is what it says. Don't let your heart be troubled. Come on, that's good news today. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my Father's house. If there were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And when everything is ready, I will come and get you. Come on, somebody say, I will. I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. And watch Thomas. He's a doubter. Watch what he says. No, we don't know. Lord, we have no idea where you're going. Like, So how can we know the way? And I love this line right here of what Jesus has to say, this one scripture that means so much to me. Because, again, I think culture might tell you it's this way, it's that way. Truth looks like this, truth looks like that. That's what culture may tell you and I. But Jesus tells us, hey, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through me. And I just, I love that scripture so much because, again, culture may tell us otherwise. Culture may shift but the word of God doesn't. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that we can lean into that. And we can know that, again, we're talking about something today that you asked about. Let's talk about it. This whole series has been about something, questions that you've been wanting to know. What does the Bible have to say? And today we're going to talk about the second coming of Jesus. All right? So tap your neighbor say, it's going to get deep. Go ahead let them know. It's going to get deep. I know I told you last week it's easy, but it's not very deep. Like, like last Sunday's message was easy, hard to live out, not very deep. This Sunday going to be deep, all right? So y'all just get ready. We're going to have some good time together. And I'm believing the Lord's going to continue to be in our, play, in, our, in our midst and in this place today. Lord, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Speak through your word today. In Jesus' name that we pray and all of God's people said, amen, amen. Come on, tap your neighbor. Say, I'm so glad you made it to church today. So glad you made it to church today. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Man, love you guys so much. So glad that you're here. So we're talking about the second coming of Jesus today. I want to, before we jump in together, uh, I do want to always mention, we're, we're at, obviously as the end of the year is approaching. Today is October 1st. Come on, somebody. Where? I mean, Christmas is 12 weeks from now. Come on. Who's excited? Anybody? Nobody. All right. I'm excited. I love Christmas. It's coming. I like that. Well, I, I love this time of year. Love me some football. Love all of that. Go racers. Shout out to our racer team winning last night. First MVFC game. Let's go. I love that. Love some fall. Uh, I love all of that about it. I also love in our church that literally uh, towards the end of the year, we've done it every year that we've been in church. We have this, uh, uh, this part of the year called Legacy, where again, I'll just tell you and I'll just encourage you that we are a church that's going to be here. Literally, I believe 
generations from now, and we're investing in that as we speak. And so what we want you to know is that we're not just building a church just to be here for a little while and gone, but that we're going to build a church that we get to hand off to the next generation years from now. And, and again, we are a church that is all about connecting people to Jesus and helping them live on purpose. And so what we do is every single year, and we always do, and I always like to give you a heads up because I'm not a guy that's like a pressure guy. Like, like I'm, not, I'm not one to do that. I'm not one to like spring it on you. And No, no, no. I, I always want to just ask you, when it comes to this legacy, we give one offering that's above and beyond our tithe a year. That's it. This is it. I like to show you my cards. This is the only thing we're going to ask that's above and beyond your tithes every single year. It's the legacy offering. We want you to know that that's coming up on November the 19th. So I like to give everybody plenty of warning. It's not, again, something that we spring on anybody. Here's my heart. That you would ask God, hey God, how do you want me to participate in that? And then just listen to Jesus and do what he says. All right, everybody good with that? Because about four of us was good with that. Is everybody good with that? Like, I want you to know that it's not out of need, but we have a great vision for this church. And this vision doesn't just stop here. I just believe that there are 30,000 people that are unchurched in Callaway County. And so what are we going to do? We're going to go out and make a difference. We're going to go out in, with our church. We're going to invest in just different things along the way for our church, buildings and, and places and spaces and all this kind of stuff. We're going to invest in the next generation. And then obviously we're going to invest outside our walls. That there are people outside of this place right here that need to hear about the name of Jesus. And we're willing to do whatever it takes to go out there and make a difference for Jesus. That's what Legacy Offering is about. That's what we give towards. It advances the mission and vision quicker. And I always say we're going to move at the pace of our generosity together. And so we got big vision. We got lots of vision. If I told you, it might scare some of you how much vision we have for our church. And it scares me sometimes, if I can be really honest. It did take me six years to get through college, so that's why it's scary. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's scary, but I'm so thankful for what God is doing. And I'm just going to invite you to be a part of that that day. Everybody good with that? November 19th? Everybody okay? Cool. I'd like to give you a heads up on that. And I love this series. It's been a lot of fun. And these are questions that you've been asking, actually, at Easter you ask these five topics of, okay, I'd like to know more about these five things. We've answered them the last couple weeks with today being the last one that we're going to do. And again, I told you that uh, uh, last week was really simple, uh, really hard to live out, not very deep, but really hard to live out. This week, again, it's going to be a little bit, like you're going to have to write some stuff. You're going to be like, huh? We're going we're gonna to talk about it together. Uh, and I want you to just, I honestly wanted to almost create an appetite for you to go out after you leave here today. And research it yourself. Dig into it yourself. Now, make sure it's a credible source. Make sure that you're finding out some good stuff from that. But I want to encourage you with that. And I, I want to always start out by saying this. How I like to ask a question just to get us all uh, on the same page together. How many of us in the room have ever had some company coming over to the house? Anybody out there? Nope. How many of us have ever had a mama when somebody's coming over to the house that you had to clean everything in 7.5 minutes? Come on, somebody, all right? I'm going to be honest, like we love having people at our house, and uh, but we have four kids, and I'll just tell you, um, it, it is like crazy all the time at the McLean residence, and uh, there's toys all over the place, right? We try to keep everything kind of organized and good, but man, the kids can destroy something quick. Come on, somebody, all the parents in the, in the room know what I'm talking about, right? Like, like, man, they can destroy it quick. How many of us, you like having people over, but how many of us, it's real challenging when the guest is unexpectedly coming. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like, because if you find out, oh, hey, I'm actually, uh, like, bro, when you coming over, what time you going to be here? I'm actually on the way. Anybody ever heard that right there? Come on, somebody. Any, does that send panic up inside of anybody else? Come on. I'm on my way. Oh, you start kicking puppies and throwing stuff in the closet and doing all kinds of stuff. You're hoping kids have clothes on, you know, like, you don't have any idea what's going on, right? 
That's, that's kind of how it is in our house, just so you know. Like, if somebody's like, oh, we're on our way, it kind of puts a little bit of a, a, a different spirit inside of you when that happens, right? So I got to thinking about that again. I got to thinking about this idea of, okay, hey, hey, I'm on my way. And I got to thinking, okay, well, what we just read in Scripture right here, we can find out some things that Jesus is telling us. First of all, there's a couple of things that we need to understand that we'll talk about today, that Jesus is on his way, that Jesus is going to come back. And we'll look at that in a second. But again, what happens is, is if you ever have guests coming over to your house, it changes your spirit whenever, it kind of changes what you do. It changes your response when you know somebody's coming, doesn't it? This means yes to Kentucky. Come on, somebody. All right, good, good, good. Okay. Like, it changes that. And and so I want to just kind of change our perspective today. Because Jesus is coming back, and we'll talk about it in a second. But I think our response should look a little different based off of knowing that fact. Based off of knowing that. So I want to encourage you with that today. And uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. And I love what we got a chance to read, John chapter 14. And I'll give you a little context right before this, what's going on. Jesus is actually talking to his disciples. And he's telling his disciples, hey, I want to let you know that uh, I'm about to die. I'm fixing to go to the cross. And I want you to know that that's going to happen. I'm going to die. And, and, and you're going to follow me in death to come. Like, it's going to happen to you guys, too. you got to understand that. And then Jesus goes on this monologue as he is speaking, and he speaks to his disciples, and he encourages them with what we just read. John 14, verse 1, don't let your hearts be troubled. Hey, I know I've said all this stuff is coming up. I know I said this is going to happen. I know I said this might, this is going, not might take place, this is going to take place. But don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And there's more than enough room in my father's home. And if that were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? And come on, when he's got everything ready, come on somebody, right? When everything's just right, when everything is, is ready, guess what? He says, I will come and get you. Tap your neighbor and say, I will come and get you. All right, go ahead, let him know. Come and get you. I, I will Come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. I love this so much that Jesus, in the middle of their stress, in the middle of anxiety, in the middle of their heartache, in the middle of their confusion, like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to go this way? Am I supposed to continue to follow you? What am I supposed to do? Like, I don't know which way to turn. That it's right in the middle of that that Jesus makes a promise, and the promise is, I will come back for you. And so what I want you to write down is that there is a promise today, and the promise is this, is that Jesus is coming back. Come on, I said, Jesus is coming back. Come on, we can, we can worship, come on, with the word, when, when we say Jesus is coming back, let's, let's worship like he's coming back. Like, because I don't want him coming back to a dead church I want him coming back to a church to say, hey, we've been waiting for you. We're ready. Listen, Jesus is coming back. Yeah, that's good. And listen, I want to encourage you with something that that's not like this distant hope. It might happen. Might be something that takes place. Might, might, might then. I I don't really know for sure. No, no, no. It's a guarantee from our Savior that he will return to fulfill his divine plan. And listen, I may have church up here by myself in a second because if Jesus said it, listen to me, I'm going to believe it. You know why? Because he's a promise maker and a promise keeper. And Hebrews chapter 6 tells us that God cannot lie and he has always kept his word every promise. 
promise God has delivered on, and Jesus promised, hey, y'all, I'm coming back. Is there anybody thankful for a God that's a promise maker and a promise keeper? Come on, clap your hands and give him a big shout of praise in this place. I love it. I love that Jesus promises. It's a promise. It's a guarantee. Take it to the bank. Write it down. It's going to happen. So Jesus says, and then he goes on to tell us in Acts chapter 1, this is what happened. This is after he had been crucified and he got out of the grave. And what began to happen after that is uh, he began showing up to different people, about four or 500 people he's made himself uh, uh, available to, saying, hey, I'm alive. I was dead. I'm showing all of you guys. I witnessed accounts of many, many, many different people that knew that Jesus was alive. And then next thing you know, he starts telling everybody, I got a mission for you. I got I to gotta let you know that I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send somebody to you. And and then he gets to Acts chapter 1, and he says this, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And watch what it says. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes. Come on, anybody, and this is my ASD playing into how I read this part of the scripture, right? Anybody ever let a balloon go that's got helium in it? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever let one go outside? If you got kids, like sometimes it happens where like sucks out of the car and like goes straight up in the sky. And uh, I don't know about y'all, but the ADHD in me, you know what one I want to do whenever it's like literally going away? You know what I want to do? <laughs> Anybody else in the room? Come on, wave at me if that's you. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's me. Okay, like I'm just. And I'm standing there squinting. I'm trying to see how far I can see that little balloon go. Come on, somebody, right? Same thing's happening with these disciples. They're standing there. They're looking up in the sky as he's going. And watch what it says. Like literally a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky. Come on, every time you read that, you're going to think of this. All right, just think that. All right, they're, they're seeing that when suddenly two men dressed in white stood before them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you have seen him go into heaven. I love that little clause right there. This same Jesus, not his spirit, not his influence, not a figment of him, not his church, but himself. This same Jesus and I love the fact that Jesus tells us while we're waiting for him to return, hey, I'll send you my Holy Spirit to comfort you, to guide you, to encourage you, to connect, correct you, to be with you. Is anybody thankful for the promise of not only the Holy Spirit while we wait for Jesus' return, but the promise that Jesus is coming back? If there's anybody thankful, come on one more time, clap your hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Man, that's good news, right? That's good news for today that literally Jesus is coming back. And then I get the next question I think a lot of us would ask, but when? Come on, tap your neighbor and say, when's he coming, right? When's he coming? Like, but, but, but when? Dustin, okay, he's coming back. I love the promise. I believe it. I know it's happening. Okay, but when's he coming? Like, when's he showing up? And I want you to know that this question is not just new with us. They've been asking it ever since Jesus was around even. Like Jesus himself is around, and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 24. I encourage you to go read that this week, dig a little bit, all through the chapter of Matthew chapter 24. 
And I encourage you to read through that. We're going to read through a lot of it today. But I want, I want you to do that on your own as well. But they're asking Jesus this very same question even when Jesus is there. Watch what it says. Matthew chapter 24, verse number 3. It says, Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and said, Tell us when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? See, they're asking the same question, right? Then Jesus told them, here we go, watch this. Don't be misled by anyone, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They'll deceive many, and you'll hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic, all right? Everybody just stay cool, my babies, right? What he's saying, like, everybody just chill out for a little bit, like, like don't panic, Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nations will go to war against nations and kingdoms against kingdoms. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Jesus even goes on to say, verse number 36 of that same chapter, However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself, only the Father knows. And can I be really honest? I don't understand that right there. Can we, can we just be really honest right now? I don't, I don't necessarily understand that. But here's the thing. Let's, let's talk about it. What is Jesus saying? What is he showing to us that there's going to be some signs of some things to come, right? That there's going to be these, these kind of, okay, hey, I'm on my way. Right, I want you to know that these are some signs that you can know that Jesus is on his way. Right, So I want us to know that there is a purpose, and the purpose is that Jesus is coming back. And now I want to help us know that there are some signs that are pointing to his return, his imminent return coming, happening soon. Everybody good with that? All right, so here's what I want you to write down. The signs are this. An increase in sin. That's the first one. An increase in sin. Meaning that the bad just going to get worse, all right? Like, watch it. Literally, Jesus says this, then you'll be arrested, then you'll be persecuted and killed, you'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And listen to me, I don't know that the American church is ready for that right there. I don't know if I'm ready for that right there, but I, I I can promise you this, that we will do whatever we can as a church to get you ready for that right there. That we'll help you walk out this thing called faith in your life. That we will be right there beside you encouraging you and saying, hey, let's do this thing. Let's walk out our faith together. Even some of the messages, obviously, that we communicate to you are going to be helping you figure out how you walk this thing out in your everyday life. And again, that's going to be tough. Like, you'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers, Jesus said. And watch what he says, verse 10. And many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Watch what it says, verse 11. Sin will, or verse 12, sin will be rampant everywhere. Right, everywhere. Sin is going to increase. And the love of many, another translation actually says the love of most will grow cold. I want you to see that. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Does any of that sound a little bit familiar right now? Isn't that sound a little bit like the world that we're living in right now? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul is writing to Timothy and he tells him this. Hey, Timothy, you should know this, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. If you take that word and you go back to the original Greek language that it was written in, 
There's only one other time that that use and that word was used, and it was used to describe the demon-possessed men in Matthew chapter 8. And so what is, what is Paul telling Timothy? That in the last days, there will be some very difficult days, or there's going to be some savage days. There's going to be some wild days. There's going to be some untamed, demonic times that you're going to be living in. Watch what it says, verse 2. For people will only love themselves and their money. They'll be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They'll consider nothing sacred. They'll be unloving and forgiving. They'll slander others and have no self-control. That sounds like Facebook, y'all. Come on, somebody, right? Just got to make you laugh for just a second because this is tough. Sin is going to increase. They'll be cruel and hate what is good. They'll betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. Watch what it says. They will act religious, but they'll reject the power that could make them godly. If I could be honest, when I read that, I think about where we're living and the times that we're living in right now. And if we would just look around, not just America, but the world, there is the kind of the, the deconstruction of nuclear family going on, gender confusion, sexual immorality, hatred, racism, loss of respect for life, and the protection of the unborn. And we are seeing sin run rampant. We're seeing sin increase. It's almost like as if it's okay to do some of those things, like, and it's celebrated. And I'm going to challenge some people in the room. I'm not going to act like there was no sin in previous generations because absolutely there was. But all these signs I'm going to tell you about today have never, like, like they're taking place for the first time at the same time. At this generation is experiencing some of these things. And number one is that increase in sin. Are right, everybody okay? Everybody alive? Okay, we're going to go, everybody okay? Okay, we're going to go to number two. Increase in digital technology. Where are all my MySpace people at in the room? Anybody in the room? Okay. All right. That's a few years ago. There's been an increase in digital technology. Now, I'm not meaning just the fact that we can get on social media. I want to just kind of show you because there is actually a detail in Revelation chapter 11 that makes our generation that we're living in the first time that this would ever be possible. I want you to see it. There is this increase in digital technology. you got to understand if you go and read Revelation chapter 11, it's in the middle of tribulation. There are two witnesses, the Bible says, that are going to appear. Many scholars actually believe that that's going to be Moses and Elijah that are brought back to evangelize and preach and teach Jesus and share about the love that Jesus has for them and that he wants a relationship with them. And I want you to understand the Bible tells us that their bodies are going to be killed and they're going to lay in the streets for three and a half days. Revelation chapter 11 verse 9 though tells us that all people, all languages, all tribes, and all nations will stare at their body at the same time. And I want you to see something with the increase in digital technology you got to understand that before this generation that we're living in, this would not have been possible. This would not have been possible. But, but it's not far-fetched to think if we're being honest. You know what? Okay, a worldwide broadcast on news channels and over the Internet live from Jerusalem. Come on, somebody, right? It's not far-fetched to think. And this is the only generation, the first generation that this has actually been possible for it to happen. We're seeing it take place 
because of the increase in digital technology. And I, I'm not saying all this to try and scare you. I'm saying about it because it should fire you up, all right? This should encourage you. You know what? Jesus is coming back. He talked about it. He said it's going to happen. I'm seeing some signs of it. One of those signs is going to be an increase in digital technology. I will tell you another one, and this is one that may have you scratching your head a little bit. It's an increase in financial technology. I know that sounds funny too, but if you look at our world right now, you look at all the things that's going on when it comes to commerce, when it comes to selling, when it comes to buying, I want you to know that the Antichrist is going to have a time where he controls commerce. I told y'all it's going to be deep today. Everybody okay? Everybody alive? Shake your head like this if you're still alive. Come on, somebody. All right, you good? Like, like the Antichrist is going to come and control commerce, and he does it, you've probably heard of it, through a mark. You've probably heard of the mark of the beast, right? You've heard of that. Revelation chapter 13. If you go and you look at that and you research that, what you'll understand is that he's going to force everyone in the world to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. And listen to me, this is not a religious mark. The Bible says that small, great, rich, poor, free, slave are going to not be able to buy or sell anything without the mark. Without that. So what I want us to see is that, again, I think for a long time we, we haven't talked about it, we haven't looked at it, we haven't even opened the Bible to see what it uh, might look like. So that looks kind of like a small chip or a mark or something that financial uh, uh, happenings and, and buying and selling can take place. And did you know in 2017, this is five, six years ago, that there was already a company, a business in Wisconsin that had microchips, in, microchips implanted into the hands of their employees so that they can buy and sell things from the snack shack at the place. I, I want us to see that this is not far-fetched for us, right? I'm not trying to scare you, but I am trying to say, hey, this is the only generation where this has happened and again, I'm not trying to scare you because I want you to understand not only are there going to be increases in all of these things, but I got good news. Anybody ready for some good news today? Come on. If you were just like, we ended the service right then, it would be bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, that's tough, okay? I get it, but I got some good news. As bad as the bad is going to be, the good's just going to get gooder. Come on, somebody, right? Best language I can use right now. The good's just going to get gooder. It's just going to get better. It's just going to be better. Watch, because this is what's going to happen. Not only are we going to see an increase in sin, not only are we going to see an increase in digital technology and financial technology, but there is going to be an increase in the gospel of Jesus spreading around the world. That the Bible tells us that a mighty revival is going to sweep the world. Jesus even says it, that the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world. Somebody say the whole world. So that all nations will hear it. And then the end will come. And then the end will come. So I want you to see that word, all nations. Go back to the original Greek language. It's the word ethos, which actually means ethnic groups or language groups. There's about 7,000 of them in all of the world, ethnic and language groups in the world at this time. And Jesus is saying that when we get the gospel to every one of them, then the end will come. Get the gospel to every one of them. And listen to me. There has never been a generation that has experienced the gospel spreading like the one that we're in right now. I want you to see something that since 1970, since the Jesus movement, anybody around in the 1970s, come on, wave your hand like you just do care. Come on, somebody, all right? 1970, Jesus movement happens. You've got to understand that in 1970, there was 1.2 billion Christians but in 2023, there's actually 2.6 billion Christians worldwide. 
in a matter of 50 years, it has already doubled. The gospel is working. The gospel is spreading. The gospel is going around to nations that have never heard the name of Jesus, and yet we got the opportunity in our generation to see that take place. you got to understand that the gospel works because everywhere that the gospel is being presented, that actually we're seeing poverty rates drop fast, like really, really fast. 1990, 52% of the world, come on, who was around in 1990? Come on, somebody, I was, I was one years old, let's go, I like it. 1990, 52% of the world is in extreme poverty. Did you know that in the year 2022, only 9.2% of the world is in extreme poverty. You know why? The gospel works. The gospel is being spread. And yes, there might be an increase in sin. Yes, there might be increase in digital technology. Yes, there might be increase in financial uh, technology. But listen to me. The fact that the gospel is going to nations and people that have never heard the name of Jesus before, that ought to fire you up today. That ought to say, hey, you know what? Let's do whatever we got to do to get the name of Jesus wherever it needs to be. Come on, if we believe that, can we give God a big shout of praise in this place? All right, let's land the plane. Let's land the plane. Here we go. This is the question that you probably asked. Are we living in the end times? You ready for the answer? I got it for you. You ready? Don't put it up there just yet. Oh, I don't know. That's the answer. That's the answer. I don't know. Are we, are we living in the end times? I, I don't know. But watch this. This is what I do know. I do know we're living with the only time that we'll ever have, okay? So do I, do I know if we're living at the end times? I don't know. Honestly, we can look at the signs. There's signs there. Honestly, the promise is there. Jesus is coming back. But, but I, I don't know when that's going to happen. But you know what I do know? I do know that you and I, this is the only time that we will ever have. And I want to challenge you with something. What should our response be that we know the promise And we know that, guess what, the signs are happening, they're increasing. What should our response be? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to give you two things today. Number one, if you don't know Jesus, today I'm going to tell you, get right with God. Get right with God. You want to know what I would give you advice our response to be is to get right with God. If you don't know Jesus, say yes to Jesus today, that he loves you, he died for you. He wants a relationship with you. And I, I, I just want to let you know that Jesus has been pursuing you and wanting you to hear him loud and clear that you are worthy of a, not, you're not even worthy. I'm not even worthy of a relationship with him, but he was willing to die for a chance at a relationship with you. He was willing to give up his life for the chance that you would say yes to him. Man, that's good. It's good news. I'm going to tell you today, get right with God. How do I do that, Dustin? You know how you do that? You do that by realizing what your life looks like. I love what 2 Peter chapter 3 says. Okay, Dustin, why hadn't the Lord come back yet? Why hadn't Jesus come back yet? It's because there's some people that still got to get right with God. Watch what the Bible says. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. Some people think. No, 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 no. No, not that. He is being patient for your sake. Why? Because he doesn't want anybody to be destroyed, but that everyone would repent. Listen to me, what is repentance? You want to know how to get right with God today? You repent. You realize, okay, I am going a direction that I'm not supposed to go. I'm walking this way. I'm doing my own thing. I'm doing whatever I want to do. I'm I'm, going to take care of me. You know what repentance is? It's stopping 
and saying, okay, my plan's not working. I got to repent. I got I to change my mind and my heart. You know what I got to do that? I got to give my heart to Jesus. I got to repent and say, no, 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 my way's not working, God. I'm going to be on your path. I want to be on your way. I want to go your way. And guess what we got to do? Repent is all about turning. That's all it is. It's turning from your way, turning to God's way. Saying, Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross. I believe that you gave your life. And I want to tell you that. But you got to get right with God. And if you know Jesus today, this second one's for you. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. You got to keep watching and keep working. So you got to keep watching and keep working. So, number one, if you don't know Jesus, you've got to get right with God today. But if you do know Jesus, you got to keep watching, you got to keep working. Jesus will go on to say, so you too must keep watch, for you don't know what the day your Lord is coming. You must also be ready at all times, verse 42 or 44 says, For the Son of Man will come when we least expect it. And listen to me, I want to challenge you. And if you know Jesus, keep watching. Yes, let your gaze be heavenly. Let your gaze be on what God is going to do. But don't let, him take your, don't let it take your eyes off of what's right in front of you right now. That yes, we're going to keep watching. Yes, we're going to keep work. Like, like, man, I'm so excited that Jesus is coming back. I'm so excited of what he's going to do. But guess what? I want to get as many people on the bus as possible. So I got work to do. As a church, we got work to do. There's 30-something thousand people in Callaway County that are unchurched. And I'm just trying to challenge some people today. Listen to me. Let's be, a, a, let's be the reason why that number falls. Not because of what we're doing, because Jesus gave us the mandate, the commission. In Matthew 28, he says, therefore, go. Somebody say, go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even till the end of the age. That's good news today. Then he goes on to say what we read earlier. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth. And listen to me, Christian, if you are a Christ follower in here, keep one eye on heaven, keep one eye on the work, right? Because you're not working for salvation. We're working because we have been saved. And we know what that would look like if we get our family and our friends and our co-worker and our team to know Jesus and that everybody in Murray and Callaway County and Kentucky and the United States and in the world, we're not going to stop till every single person hears and knows the name of Jesus. Come on. If we believe that, give that name. It's above all names. A big shout of praise in this place. Listen, at the end of the day, we know Jesus wins, and I want everybody that I know to be on that Jesus bus when he comes back. Like, let's do whatever it takes. Like, whatever it takes. And I want to I encourage you, if you are a Christ follower, keep working. I mean, there, there's some places even in, within the church that you can keep working and serving. The kids, our kids team, our, our youth team, park team, greet team, all these teams. that we're saying, hey, you know what? We got one common vision. It's to see people connect to Jesus and live on purpose. That's the Great Commission. Go and make, connect, and live. That's the Great Commission. So let's do it. Like, let's go. Like, let's, let's be all about that. But maybe you're here today and you don't know Jesus. I'm going to encourage you. Get right with God today. 
Amen or oh me, church. Everybody good? All right, so here's what I want you to do. Would you stand to your feet as quietly as you can? And as you do that, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I just want to encourage you with something. We're going to sing in just a second that there's this name that's above every name. That his name is higher, it's better, it's greater. We're going to sing about the name of Jesus in a second. That there is no other name that rivals that name. But before we get there, I want to just challenge some people in the room. Maybe you're here and you have never given your life to Jesus. I want to encourage you, today's the day of salvation. Today's the day of, of, of repenting and turning around. So maybe you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're listening on the podcast and you want to give your life to Jesus. If that's you, I'm going to encourage you with something. That again, all of us have sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But Jesus came while we were still sinning and Christ died for us. And So maybe you're here. And you want to give your life to him today. If that's you and you want to give your heart to Jesus, the Bible says that if we will declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we would believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. So maybe you're here and you need to do that today. You're here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. It's not by accident. You're here. Once you do business with God today and get right with God. So if you're here and you need to give your life to Jesus, would you just pray something like this? Pray, dear Jesus. I'm asking you to come in my life today. Save me. Forgive me. I put my trust in you today. I believe that you died on the cross, and I believe you got out of the grave. And I want you to be the Lord of my life today. If that's you, you prayed something like that. You prayed it word for word. If that's you and you, you just gave your life to Jesus today. I would love to see your hand go up in this place. If that's you, on the count of three, if you just prayed to receive Jesus, would you raise your hand above your head? One, two, three. Just raise it above your head and you can drop it right back down. Awesome. Awesome. Anybody else? Say, hey, that's me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, in just a second, we're going to have a, a time for us to respond. And I want to let you know that just because you raised your hand, I love that. But I want you to let somebody know. And we're going to have some incredible people around all of this front area here to pray with you, to pray for you. You can let them know, hey, today I met Jesus. It's an awesome way that you can let them know that. On that card, on the seat in front of you, you can actually scan that QR code and let us know that you made the decision or the connect corner. Whichever ways you do that, we just want to say congratulations on making the best decision that you've ever made. Come on, Purpose Church, can we celebrate that together right where we're at right now? Yeah, I love it. I love it.